0: Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle.
1: Welcome to the 86th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're very lucky to be joined today by a midfielder from the mid-90s, 11 appearances for the Wolves, 8 in the league, 3 in the cup, now lives in sunny Cyprus, Chris Marsden. Chris, how are you?
0: I'm all right, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm not too bad. Chris, so sunny Cyprus, what's, uh, what's taking you to that beautiful island? Uh,
0: well, when you live in uh, where I lived in uh, Birmingham, <laughs> when I we're playing for the Blues, you don't make any near Westlands. It don't make any difference, does it? It's dark and dreary. And when I retired out I a house here, so it's beautiful living in the sunshine.
1: Oh Cheers. wonderful, wonderful. Now, what we're going to do, Chris? What we always do with the podcast? Obviously, we're going to focus on your time at Wolves, but we always go back to where it started. I believe you are Sheffield-born, Sheffield-bred, the Steel City, and you uh, became an apprentice, I believe, at Sheffield United in June 1985.
0: Yeah, that's correct, even though I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I was Ooh. the last year of what was classed as official apprentices, but uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a household where uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday, and we weren't allowed to eat bacon till I was 16, so it were red and white, that's what it was like, very similar to what probably the baggies <laughs> and the wolves are like, it's crazy, isn't it?
1: Brilliant. So you, you, you became an apprentice, I mean, how did that go down in, in your household, they're all blue and white, and all of a sudden you're coming home in your red and white kit?
0: Uh, well, I will not say it went down well, it'd be like somebody leaving Wolves to play for West Brom again, wouldn't it? Yeah So, that's exactly what it was like, but it was the best option I had, I could have gone to Sheffield Wednesday, could have gone to Knott's Forest, but uh, it was the best option for me, and thankfully, it, it turned out okay
1: Oh, he, I mean, he certainly did,
0: and oh, but
1: was it Sheffield boys that you, you played for, Chris, and got spotted?
0: Yeah, well, uh, I think uh, we were the best team in the whole country for Sheffield Boys. I think Carl Bradshaw played with us, Wayne Jacobs, they had a decent career as well. And uh, as I said, we won the gold medal, which made us uh, classed as the best uh, school team in the whole country. So we had some good players, so there was always people looking at you play, etc. And at the age of like 14 and 15, we were able to play on Bramall Lane, Hillsborough and places like that. So it was a wonderful time, actually, I think about it.
1: And then you made your pro debut January... 1987. I mean, for any young man, you know, you've done your apprenticeship couple of years. For any young man, that is a huge, huge honour, isn't it?
0: It is. And believe it or not, I scored on it as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, we beat Blackburn 3-1. And I'll tell you how old I am now. People remember Peter Wits who scored the winning goal yes. for uh, Villa when they won the European Cup. Yeah. Well, he was our centre forward that day when I was 18.
1: <laughs> no way. I mean, scoring on your debut, yeah. its was 30,
0: 40 yarder, Chris? No, nah, no, 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 no. I've got to be honest, I couldn't kick it that far when I was that age. Just from edge of box, I think the goalkeeper threw his cap on it but missed it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely brilliant then. A um, couple of years at Sheffield United and moved to Huddersfield Town. I mean, to be fair, Chris, um, I think mm-hmm. that's where you really cut your teeth. 155 League and Cup appearances. Um, you know, once again, at the time, Huddersfield... I believe they're in the lower divisions, but that must have been a, a good move for you to, to, to get playing football.
0: Yeah, well, that's what we're all about, playing football. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm not a huge fan of what they have as a cannabis today, where you've got under-21s, under-23s. Yes. By the time I was 20, I would have classed myself as battle-hardened, I played over 100 games. Wow. And you're playing against senior professionals who don't ask any quarter, they'll knock you all over the park, so you have to harden yourself up. But it's different times, I mean, Originally, because I I damaged my cruciate to to Huddersfield. And so that kept me out of the game for six months. Uh, Graham Turner, not Taylor, Turner was going to buy me before I damaged my cruciate. Right. So I always knew that uh, Wolves wanted me as such if I proved that I was fit again. And obviously, when he got the chance to sign me, when I proved my fitness again, I I jumped at the chance to go there.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, listen, I'm a a Wolves fan from that era, from that ilk. You know, my first game was... 1989 to so the mid 90s I fondly remember and it was January 94 you joined the Wolves quarter of a million pound 250,000 at the time I'll be completely honest I don't think a lot of Wolves fans knew who you was Chris um, but when you obviously when you got on that pitch they certainly did I mean for you as a young man at the time that must have been an absolutely huge move walking into Molyneux
0: Oh, well, I don't think people understand. I mean, nowadays, everybody can travel around the country. You've seen it on 24-7, Sky Football, but nobody really understands what uh, clubs have passion and uh, what their rivalries, is, et etc. I mean, uh, I can't remember which way. It might have been... I didn't play against West Brom, but when I heard the Liquidator play... <laughs> when they're coming out, and I'm not going to swear, but you know what I'm talking about. The, 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 the yeah, yeah, yeah. We are Wolves, and I thought, bloody hell, talk about the hair stand up on the back of your neck. You know, And it was just, and once again, I didn't realise what the passion of the club was because I played for Huddersfield when uh, Steven Ball was rampaging through the division. Yes, yes. I um, mean, obviously, as I went on later, I played with Andy Much because when I went to Wolves, Muchie had gone to Swindon, and David Kelly had come.
1: Oh, of course, so it was Stockport. You played with
0: Muchie, yet wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he used to tell like, a great yeah. story about bully because much of a good player. Don't get yes. me wrong, but Steve was Steve, wasn't it? Yeah. He said, "I'd be through in a great place." I go, "Bully, pass the fucking ball, pass it, and he just shoot." it got great goal, bully. <laughs> go.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, at that time, I mean, we just completed the stadium, four stands. Yeah. Like I said, he. You, you, Huge club, as you could see, as soon as you walked through, obviously yeah. uh, onto the yeah. pitch. But but the the passion was evident. Now, yeah, what's disappointing for us, Walls fans, Chris? Straight away, we could see you as a real talent, and I'm not just saying it because I've got you on the podcast. When I put it out on on social media, you know, everyone remembers what a great player you were, and I'm actually entitled in this the one that got away. Because from my point of view, this should have been a sustained period at Wolves for you. This should have been a sustained career. It was eight league and, and three cup games. Firstly, Graham Turner, obviously, a big admirer of you. What was your relationship like with Graham?
0: Well, f- f- fantastic. Obviously, Gary Pendry was his number two as well. Yeah. And as what happens in football, then uh, Pendle popped up at Southampton as Gordon Track number two. How <laughs> is that, that got you that move? It's uh, when, obviously... Uh, when, when he lost his job, I, uh, I was very, very sad. It was a terrible what went on with regarding, I think it was Jonathan here with the chairman. Yes. And uh, where he went about it was shocking. I mean, I don't know if you know what happened. Uh, we Did got beat Chelsea in the cup. Yeah. And then we got beat Portsmouth on the following Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, 3-0 and he came on the bus, the chairman, blah, 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 you're a disgrace, all this, da, da, da. I mean, basically embarrassed, scream, Turner. And he he, tr- he tried for the coach to go off and leave us at Portsmouth on his own. Oh. The chairman tried that, and Graham Turner stood his ground, and and I have so much respect for him for doing that. Obviously, he lost his job the next day. Yeah. And then the following game, that's when I broke my leg. Oh, was it really? I see, I didn't know that. So, which game was yeah. you broke your leg in, Chris? Uh, I think yeah, I think he might have been Grimsby. I think I know it was Craig Shakespeare that did it. The break of the leg weren't too bad. It's because I I dislocated my ankle and ruptured my ankle ligaments. That was a problem. Breaking a leg's not a problem. It heal in six weeks. But the other damage, that's why I was out for nine months. But uh, it is what it is. So uh, your relationship
1: with Graham, um, you know, on and off the pitch, I take it, was a good one? Wonderful, yeah. And then, obviously, Graham Taylor took the reins. Peter Shirtliff, I believe, was was caretaker manager for a couple of games. Um, Yeah, that's right. I mean, what's that like, Chris? Uh, You know, just going off-piste a little bit, what's that like when a a player that you play with in the team all of a sudden takes the
0: reins? Well, sure, he had a lot of respect in it, a lot of experience. I think he, he basically knew that it was only gonna be a standing. Ain't too bad. It's when some managers or should I say some people get the job and then giving it for an unspecified period of time, then yes. they have to make some bad decisions or should I say they have to make some honest decisions but in football you've only got eleven happy players. The other ones who aren't playing can't stand the manager. Yeah. And that's how it is, isn't it? Everybody wants to play. Of course they do. And that's that's just what goes on. I don't care who you are. That's why being a manager, you've got to be so thick-skinned. It's unbelievable. Oh, you have. And then Graham
1: Taylor... Took the reins. Yep. What was your relationship like with Graham? Because he'd obviously just got the job on the back of what happened with England. Um, you know, clearly licking his wounds, but it was a good opportunity for him. So, how did you get on with Graeme Taylor?
0: I, I got on uh, really well with him. Uh, obviously, I think the chairman released quite a few uh, pounds, so to speak, to spend in it. Because he brought in some big signings. Yes. Uh, Neil came from Millwall. Uh, then obviously Froggy came. Tony Daly. I mean, I was still maybe six months away from uh, getting back to being fit again. Really. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 I think if you study a lot of football, you'll find that the length of time that people are out injured is generally the length of time again to get anywhere near what they were. You can play on enthusiasm, adrenaline for a yes. couple of games, but after that, you, your body's not ready for it. I'm only speaking through experience, of and course. if you look through things, you'll see now. So really, I would have needed eighteen months to get back to where I wanted to be. But me being what I was now, I'm very impetuous then as well. I want to play, you believe you can play. If you don't believe, then there's no point in wanting to play. And so, I mean, the one thing I will say about Graham Taylor, uh, when, we, when we beat Watford in the FA Cup semi-final, it was played at Villa Park. He was the first person in our dressing room, even though it's nothing to do with the club, to come over and congratulate me. Really? So I just think that, yeah, it just shows what type of man he was, really. So he got an unfair crack, didn't he, really, from the... The media
1: so to speak I, I'll be honest with you, you you know yes he did um I think the media were hounding him um uh, during his England time and then his first job oh, right. was at wolves and mm-hmm. to be fair I, I remember I think some of the players in that period have said he used to come in the dressing room and say to us listen you know let me take all the flack off the media you just focus um on the pitch and I firmly yeah. believe if we'd have stuck with with Graham Taylor Chris I think we'd have got promoted
0: well if I remember we we be losing playoffs
1: Yes, yes, we
0: did. Yeah, because Don Goodman has signed, didn't he, or did he? Or did he sign season after? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was. I know we Taylor lost in playoff, signed,
1: didn't we? Yeah, Don Goodman on the, I believe, on the same day as John
0: DeWolf. Yeah, now John DeWolf weren't there when I were there. Oh, wasn't he? No. Yeah. He, he came the year after I left. John De Wolf. Yeah, so they did spend some money, didn't they? At the time, Wolves got some big players in.
1: Well, well that's the thing with the midfield then. For you, Chris, obviously you're battling back from injury. It must have been really difficult because Darren Ferguson, Jeff Thomas, Paul Cook, Neil Emblin. It was a really, really strong midfield. Um, and yeah. and once again, that was a team, in my opinion, capable of of, of, of winning that that division. You know, so it must have been frustrating for you. Obviously, when you're injured, but even when you're playing, that the, the team weren't performing to, to the, the optimum capability, really.
0: Well, it is what it is, isn't it? I keep saying that a lot, it's football, because I can look back with hindsight, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yes. If, if you don't think you should be playing, there's no point in uh, being a footballer, you've got to believe in yourself.
1: Oh, completely.
0: It is just what it is. Obviously, I'd still like to have been there, but then I wanted to play. There was no guarantee I was going to play, so off you go. And, it,
1: and it, is that part of the reason you left, Chris? In, in as much as you you, you, you couldn't see, a, you know, a sustained period in the first team. Perhaps you wasn't playing enough. Did you literally move for first team football?
0: Well, sort of. But I'd only played one reserve game on my comeback. Right. And uh, that was at Sunland, and then the next day I spoke to the gaffer. I was in Graham, and he said, uh, "Notts County want to buy it. It's up to you if you want to go." I thought, right, I'm going then. Because I was a stubborn little shit, but back then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, b- before we talk about them, I mean, Wolves signed you for two fifty. They got their money yeah. back. You, you signed for Notts County for two fifty. For, for yeah. Walls fans, I'll be completely honest, Chris. From that time. um... It, like I said, it was the one that got away it, it left a bit of an unfulfilled taste in our mouth Because we could see someone with absolute huge talent He was composed on the ball um, You know, y- y- your passing range was fantastic You don't need me to tell you this And all of a sudden When we could start to see this talent All of a sudden it was taken away from us Did Did you feel the same way almost That it was a bit of unfinished business? Well,
0: that's probably why I scored Every time I played against you after <laughs>
1: <laughs> we was going to come on to that, Chris, to be fair.
0: Uh, you no, know, I think whenever you, you leave somewhere, and that's anybody, any club, you always want to go back and say, right, yeah, I'm here to show you. Now, whether yes. that's a psychological thing, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's It's bloody football, is it, end of the day?
1: Because one of your good friends actually set up this podcast, a mutual friend I know, Nelly Goldson, and his son... Yeah is uh, Connor Goldson who's ripping it up at the minute in the Scottish Premier League with Rangers
0: certainly is he's doing fantastic isn't he yeah. so I'm really pleased for him obviously he started at Shrewsbury didn't he then he went down to Brighton and then he's gone up there and I was saying earlier obviously I've known Connor since so in the a Grasshopper and uh, he sent me a shirt uh, that he wore last year, so thank you for bits and bobs that I've done. So, yeah, yeah. for me sins, I'm good friends with his dad, here. Yeah.
1: Oh, and it, and it's nice, Chris, that you still keep in touch with people from Wolverhampton, because you was only at the club for 12 months, but you've still got, a, you know, an a affiliation, obviously, with the city, the club, and, you know, Nelly, etc. Well, Winston now 30 years I've known him.
0: Flippy in a heck. Feels like 300, trust me.
1: Because <laughs> you're in sunny Cyprus, Chris, he pops over now and again, doesn't he?
0: Just to top his tan up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he'll laugh at that as well, I promise you.
1: <laughs> absolutely brilliant. So, uh, was, it, was it? So, the question, really, I'm going to ask, but I think I know the answer. Was it a sad day when you left Walls? Probably not, really, because, like you said at the time, you're a young man, you're quite bullshit and you just wanted to get out and play football.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think as again, like, hindsight, We've all got it. And you look back, you think, bloody hell, what a fool. You know yeah. what I mean? When you see what the club was, but as you just said, hey, I had such an nice high opinion of what I thought I should be doing. Blah blah blah, and the rest. This, I'm off, and I'll go and prove you uh, wrong. Well, and, Chris, what
1: yeah, happens? Oh, oh, I was just going to say, I don't think, in all fairness, it was it was a particularly bad move. I mean, you went to Knox County couple of years there. Stockport, <clears throat> I believe it was the, the future Wolves manager that, that signed you, Dave Jones.
0: Well, uh, obviously Dave signed me there, then he signed me at Southampton. But uh, we got to League Cup semi final, FA Cup quarter final, we got promoted. We're uh, in the same team as me, was Tom Bennett who played for Wolves? Yes, of course, Tom Bennett, yeah. Paul Jones?
1: Paul Jones, the goalkeeper, Joni. Yeah, we've had Joni uh, on.
0: Sh- Sean Connolly, Little Gingerhead, played fullback. Sean Connolly, yes, bloody hell. Yeah, so uh, obviously myself. Uh, Andy Much. Muchy, yeah, for a bit at the role there. Got, uh, Tony Dinning. Dinning, Tony Dinning, yeah. Uh, obviously, Brett Angel didn't play for the Wolves, uh, but he and played for was... etc. Alan Armstrong, who played for Middlesbrough, played for Ipswich. Was Adam Proudlock there? <clears throat> uh, no. Oh, no, he, he was actually there.
1: So, to be, what was your relationship like with Dave? Because, once again, Dave Jones done an unbelievable job at Wolves.
0: Oh, I've gone fantastic with him. All he wanted to do, he just give you so much confidence in yourself. But, as I've just named the team, all of us, I mean, I think seven of us went on to play in Premier League after that. Yeah, that was a so good side. So, if you get a nucleus of that together, then it's uh, you've got half a chance, haven't you? Yeah, good, so, good side. Yeah. And
1: then you made the move back to the Midlands. Birmingham City, 1997, and uh, who did you play against on your
0: debut, Chris? I can't remember. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, All I can remember is Mike Stowell picking the ball out of the net. I can't say any more than that. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And and then Nelly ringing me after and calling me every name under the sun.
1: And a few more as well. I mean, Chris, uh, you know, you want to prove a point you, you know it, it, it yeah. didn't quite work out as well as walls as you want. you want to prove a point there's no better way to do it is there, than scoring in a derby on your debut especially with my right foot <laughs> so because you are predominantly left footed aren't you Chris <laughs> very much so very much so yeah and then uh, so <laughs> talk us through the goal can you remember it
0: well, I think I picked the ball up in the right-back spot, just a little shimmy, went past five or six of them, cut in from the side, flicked it over a couple of heads, whacked it in the top corner, <laughs> and it was that was in my dream. What yes. actually happened was, it just came across, I swung my right foot at it and it went in. God, Brilliant. No <laughs> That's about uh, it.
1: And it, actually, Chris, interestingly, are you one of the, uh, the fraternity that celebrates against their former club?
0: Uh, well, I was right in front of Blues then because Wolves were in away and down there, so yes. it was my first game as well. What had actually really done me in a kipper was the interview. Except I signed on the Thursday, played on the. It was a Sunday game, and Mark McGee was having a bad time at Wolves. Yeah, and so I, I flippantly, oh, do you think he's under pressure? I said, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really bothered. But if we can hammer a nail in his coffin, that'll be brilliant. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, but it would, you know what I mean, just da da da. next yeah. thing it seemed. Back end that I think it might be Wolverhampton Express and Star or Birmingham paper. Martin wants to knock nails in his coffin. I didn't fucking said that. Ah, oh. I just—it's just a flippant thing, yes. is it? So I think we it context. all around. But but you did. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, it's one of them, is it? What can you do? <laughs> but, hey, but listen,
1: you got you got a new job. You, you you know Birmingham. You employ then. I think the biggest move of them all, Chris, and if you don't mind me saying um, you know your career better than I do, this is arguably where you played your best football. Moved to Southampton, £850,000. It was Dave Jones that re-signed you. One of your proudest, proudest honours must have been captaining Southampton in the the 2003 FA Cup final. 1-0 defeat against Arsenal, but that must have been a huge, huge honour for you, Chris.
0: When I look back now yes i mean obviously i'm sat in my house now and i've got uh, i've got my losers medal it's up there in the cabinet etc yes but uh, uh i didn't i enjoyed walking out don't yeah. get me wrong seeing the family and wins down there as well nelly he came down to the game blah, blah, blah. and uh the the team we played against the invincibles it was something else i mean yeah. they could have really beat us eight and nine nil really we couldn't get the ball off the buggers they were that good really so the more fun was winning the the quarter final and the semi-final because you got fans there and obviously you get into an end progress nobody remembers semi-finalists or quarter-final defeat yesterday they just remember getting to the finalists down in the books etc so yeah that was lovely for me family but i, I do prefer the semi-final quarter final Brilliant. final because i scored again who was that against wolves
1: Flopping at you chris you've come back to haunt us that many times <laughs>
0: And then when uh, obviously we played Watford in uh, the semi-finals at Villa Park, as I mentioned, because Graham Taylor came in. Yes. And that—that uh, that was you, you know you've got somewhere. It's it's like when Wolves have got to playoffs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then you go and you win the playoffs as well, then you're off and running. It's a, a fantastic occasion, isn't
1: it? Oh, it is. And w- was that a fair point for, for me to make, Chris? Was that where you feel you played your best football, Southampton?
0: Uh, I, I would say so. Obviously, not with respect to people I played with. I was playing with some decent players. I mean, you got likes of Dan Pachetscu, Mark Hughes, Matt Letizier. When you mention Letiz, it's that's the end of conversation. <laughs> yeah, because he's something else, and not and such a nice lad as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I played with a wonderful players. So you you learn from him, don't you? And where you think you're you, I would say a big shot. You think you can play a bit, and then you go and watch these people play. It's very humili- uh, humbling, should I say? Humbling. You realise that you're not as good as what you think you are, so you best knuckle down and do something else. And
1: and would you would you feel, Chris? I mean, listen, I've said the Wolves fans could see the talent back then. Would you say that you made the most of your potential throughout your career? Do you think you 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 know uh, done the best with your career as you could have
0: done? I, I I did the best with. What I had, I would say, if I'd not had them two serious injuries, then it's all ifs and buts. Yes. Then I probably would have been a tad better because when I had my cruciate done when I was twenty-one, I lost two or three yards of pace. Now to be a top, top, top player, you've got to be able to get away from people quick. Yes. I mean, you, you look at Neto, all plays for you. I'm not saying I would like him or as quick yes. as him, but my God or Traore, again, another absolute speeding phenomenon, but they're away, aren't they, in the first two, three yards, top, top players, like, look at Moutinho, when he plays, yes, he just, he just glides across the pitch, doesn't he, and he's 35, yeah, I mean, he is, go on, sorry, but the quicker you are, or the more you've got football intelligence, the more time you seem to have,
1: so, you you did have a football brain, Chris, you know, I've read some of the, the blogs from, from Southampton fans, you are absolutely revered there, by the way, now, um do you think so losing that bit of pace at 21 do you think that that you know I, I was going to ask a question maybe it's not for you to answer but you obviously but don't doing ask it in, me,
0: then.
1: <laughs> You're doing it in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it was there ever a chance or was there ever a, a, a dream I'm sure the dream was there to to even represent your country because at the time yes there was lots of good midfielders in the Premier League um but once again you you was doing it you was doing a good job for Southampton in the Premier
0: yeah, uh, well, I mean, for the lads I go and have a drink with, I get so much stick. Get your caps on the table. And the only answer is Stevie Bruce didn't get one. That's all I've got. I've got no other answer apart from yes.
1: that. <laughs> so you talk uh, about your career and they're asking to see your England caps. Hey, They aren't yeah. mates,
0: Chris. <laughs> but uh, I would say for probably, ooh, I don't know, 14, 16 months, because there weren't many left-footed players and I was playing just off left midfield. Yes. I would have thought, because uh, when he picked the England team, he'd played. Uh, Skulls on the left, or joel Cobbs. I naturally footed. At the time, I would have thought I, I was up and around. Oh, probably deserved to be included. And then it went on Sky Sports News, and the I remember Jeff Sterling saying, he surely must be getting a call up soon." And uh, I think Alan Mullery said, basically, "As long as I've got an all in my arse, he will never get a call up." He didn't actually say that. I thought <laughs> that just scuppered me then and there. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. And, and then, um, uh, you, you, you ended up, Chris, and I don't know why, and you can tell us the story, you ended up playing football in South Korea, of all places.
0: Oh, yes. Lovely place. Lovely food, if you like dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, how did that happen?
0: <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, the me, uh, me contract was up at Southampton, uh, and uh, my legs were going and i knew that as well and i like a lot of footballs. you still think you can keep going you keep going yes i could have gone dropped into championship but i know what championships like 46 games are hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I got i got an offer to go to russia i got an offer to go to uh, america and obviously i got an offer to go to south korea but in south korea was in Portfield the manager okay yes who was my first ever manager at Sheffield united Oh uh-huh, okay so, I went there and I was the first Premier League player to ever go and play in Korea. Honestly, the cameras followed you around and everything. Oh, brilliant. I scored on my debut after three minutes. Not against Wolves? No, 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 no. But it was a team called Wolves from Korea, I think. <laughs> might, might, <laughs> might as well have been. Um,
1: so, it was a take it, it was a good time out there, like you said. It, it's difficult. I, I was already
0: there for six months. Uh, I'd signed a three-and-a-half-year contract and then... I've been very fortunate in some of the coaches I've worked with, and I don't want to be disparaging to a man because he's not alive anymore, yeah. obviously Mr. Portfield. But from working with people like Trevor Francis, Dave Jones, Glenn Odell, Gordon Strachan, and numerous others, I suddenly went there, and it was like I was doing junior star soccer coaching again, tackling um, cones and things like that. I right. fucking no chance. I went. Yeah. no chance. I might have been this. And he asked me to be a bit leader at team, so I went in there. We had a translator. Because yeah. nobody spoke fucking English. I didn't speak Korean apart from how to order a beer and that was about it. <laughs> and so he went, uh, I went in there, I gave him right bollock, and said, translate this. Blah, 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 blah. Well, he pulled me in the next day. I thought he was going to say, well done, well done. He came in and gave me right bollock and you can't shout at players like that. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm off, see you later. That was
1: that was <laughs> the end <laughs> of that, it. the Korean dream was over. That was it, back to Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, this is, this is what I like, Chris, because th- y- your career at that point... Actually turns full circle. So, started yeah. at Sheffield United. As we've since found out, you're blue and white through and through. And you had yeah. the chance to end your career at Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, that must yeah. have been not only proud for, for you, you you know, your family. And, you know, finally, it's gone full circle. And I suppose then it, it's the end of the fairy tale, isn't it?
0: Well, it was. I mean, uh, i have done all right. So, I was able to... I got my dad a hospitality box. Oh, lovely. Which, not really because he's all his mates from market they drink all the free wine by three o'clock and miss all the football so it'll make a blue difference you know what they like don't you when they get these hospitality boxes
1: brilliant brilliant
0: <laughs> and uh, the only uh, uh, downside of that obviously i retired in march that year yeah and uh, uh my hamstring had tore off the bone and it weren't coming back on so that's where it were. but uh, i wasn't so i've been captain and uh he got promoted through playoffs, and I weren't there to lift the trophy. That's the only thing. I, I was over the moon for Lee Bullen who did it. Yes, I was over the moon for the team. But just if I would have quite happily let lightning strike me down if I'd have picked that bloody trophy again. But oh. it is
1: what it is. I mean, listen. At least you got the blue and white of of the Owls uh, on oh, your crest to, uh,
0: to run out at Hillsborough. So obviously I used to go and watch them all the time, and he's been a big cop. We stand when Jack Charlton was a the manager, then Mickey Lyons were captain. I would Wilkinson to run out there is it's it's what you dream of, isn't it? If you're a Wolves fan, you just want to have one yes. game at Molyneux. anywhere, whoever you're a supporter of, you just want to be able to go on that pitch when it's full. It's it's that's what you grow up with, isn't it?
1: Oh, brilliant! And then uh, since football, you, you obviously retired. How old actually, Chris? Was you when you retired?
0: Uh, Thirty-five. So I retired ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> chris is God,
1: 45 trying, <laughs> <aren't he? laughs> brilliant See, actually chris you could still play then um
0: actually do you no, still I'm get gonna... your boots on now uh, uh i've got my flip-flops on it's boiling <laughs> brilliant <laughs> brilliant no i've got a le- I'm. Uh, what i'm doing at the moment i've got a little bit of the i've got a swimming pool business so to speak we do a lot of cleaning in the swimming pools etc but i've just took over managing uh payers amateur football team not the professional one it's st george's fc is yeah so, God, we trained twice a week and we play on a Saturday. It's, to, considering it's amateur, you would not believe the paperwork that goes through it. Non-EU nationals can't sign, medicals, etc. Oh.
1: Blah,
0: blah, 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 blah. But I put my boots on on Monday for the first time. I'm Honestly, I'm limping around now. Have you still got it's it now, It's no I fun agree. getting old. No, I haven't got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it is all gone now?
0: whatever I had I ain't got
1: (laughs) oh bless you bless you and so what's really interesting Chris um, you know you've got a swimming pool business now etc from your point of view I take it you you must you know once you've played in the Premier League you've played for all these great clubs you you must miss it a little bit you know is is it almost not a decadence that's the wrong word but you know you you must miss the smell of the rail walking in the dressing room the banter
0: well, that is, that, any ex-professional footballer or anybody who's played at uh, amateur level, you know, where you've worked with the boys. that is the first thing you miss. Yeah. And, and and that's why I've decided to come back in and try and help this team out here now. I mean, they've got 25 lads that come and train and we're doing the training. Big difference is because they all think they're the best players in the world and they tell yes. you what they think, they've all got their own opinions. But then they go to the pub after, don't they, and after six pints, oh, we should be playing for Liverpool, blah, blah, you know what <laughs> But it's, just, it's, it's it's a camaraderie, in it? And I don't care what anybody says. Unless you've played football, you'll never understand it. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, From miss- a Sunday morning to playing the Champions League, you got that camaraderie in that dressing room. It's a special place. Yes, yes.
1: And, and for you, Chris, I, I take it now, you're enjoying your life out in Cyprus in the sun, like you said, flip-flops on, sun beating down. You, you know, is life treating you well? Uh, it could be worse. I mean, it's
0: got that. Oh, I thought my hair was going to grow back the other week, so I'm not too sure.
1: So. Well, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna come on to that <laughs> because, because um, listen, we remind you for, we remember, I should say, for being follicly challenged, and I mean that in the in the, <laughs> in the kindest of ways. Because I remember being, I think it was Stoke away at the Victoria Ground, and we were singing oh, yeah, to you. We got wet there, didn't we? Uh, Sorry, we got wet there. I remember that. Well, we because we was going nowhere. Chris Marston I've got nowhere actually reminding you that you were bald Chris <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I was down at Southampton I know they used to call me bald Beckham I'm not I'm not using that as anything I'll leave that alone uh, end of uh, a season they'd always do like a tribute to one player etc yes and uh, we were playing Derby away and they all came with swimming caps on I didn't know whether it was an insult or a tribute I wasn't
1: sure actually <laughs> I've got to be honest Chris the ball Beckenbauer as nicknames go they don't get any better than that do they uh, well no they do call me CMFG as well
0: <laughs> Chris Marsden Football Genius
1: uh, yes I did see that actually I did see that yeah. Chris Marsden yeah. I mean listen Chris I mean what a career <laughs> so, so I take it I take it the, uh, the hair's not growing back anytime soon then
0: No, no, sadly, no. Yeah, you're not going for a transplant like uh, some of the Premier League players have done. No, 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 no. I like looking like you, Bruno. It's all right.
1: (laughs) Well, listen, Chris, um, thank you for your time today. I mean.
0: No, but I've enjoyed it. I love reminiscing. It's fantastic.
1: No, I mean, you've been very, very honest. You've had an absolutely fantastic career. On behalf of uh, the Wolves fans who listen to the Wolf Whistle, I want to thank you for your time today. I want to thank you for representing our great club. I'm. I'm, I'm probably as disappointed as you are that that you didn't play 100 games for the club. But thank you, Mm -hmm. Chris, for playing for the Mighty Wolves and you're welcome on the podcast anytime.
0: No, uh, thank you. And I hope the season goes really well for the Wolves.
1: Oh, thanks, Chris. Enjoy Cyprus, buddy. Okay. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Take care.